Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. Thank you so much for this moment to be here in this place. Thank you that we can lift our voices up to you, these words of truth about you and about us, to offer to you our hearts, our lives, our mind, our strength, all that we are, we give to you today. Father, this morning, I especially, as we look around the room today and see the difference in the room, I want to thank my brother, Julio Mendoza, and his leadership and his heart to pastor, to uh, to people of his ethnicity, maybe different than ours, but Father, we ask your blessing upon him today as they continue their conference here in this room. Thank you for the generosity of this church and the opportunity we have to share with them, to partner with them. And God, we just ask that today that uh, as they gather, regather in, in this room this afternoon, that uh, your word would be proclaimed, that uh, your name would be lifted up, and that uh, your, your heart would be instilled in people, and people might come to know you. So, Father, thanks for the reminders. We see the room and we see things that are different today. Thanks for the reminder that your kingdom is bigger than ethnicity. Your kingdom is bigger than nationality. Your kingdom is bigger than gender. Your kingdom is bigger than preference. And Father, thank you for letting us be a part of your big, big kingdom. And now as we continue our time of worship, as we continue to lift your name up together in this service, we ask now that you would speak to us as we turn to Scripture, as we read your words. Would you move in our minds, our hearts, our hands, and our feet? God, would you teach us how to love better? We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated, really, this time. Dude, I haven't had that much up and down at church since I went to a Catholic church one time. What? I can tell he's like looking for me like, why isn't Larry coming up? What's going on? Like, I thought there was another song. All right, anyway. Hey, we're glad you're here this morning. Uh, we exist here at Faith Christian for one reason, and that is to help find and follow Jesus. So if there's some way we can help you take your next step as a follower of Jesus, we would love to make that, help you along in that journey. So whether you're in the room or watching online, please get a hold of us and tell us how we can help you take your next step as a follower of Jesus. Uh, let me start with just this statement for today's message, and really for the next couple of weeks. It goes like this. You know who you are, you'll know what to do. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Why don't you say that out loud with me? When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. If this is true with a job. If uh, you have the... Uh, unfortunate issue that you've got to go to the hospital tomorrow morning say you've got heart surgery scheduled i you know tomorrow morning you're, you're going to the hospital you're gonna be at the hospital for heart surgery tomorrow morning you may be glad to see me walk down the hall to pray with you before your surgery you would not be glad to see me walk into the operating room with a scalpel in my hand <laughs> you don't want that when you know who you are you'll know what to do this happens in the world of sports if you're the center fielder for the Chicago Cubs, my lifelong dream job, you don't wear boxing gloves, right? Because when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. If you play for the Cleveland Browns, you know that this time of year you get our hopes up, right? And then you let us down slowly over the next 16 weeks, right? When you know 
know what to do. We're going to wrap up our summer together with this little series that I'm calling, Who, Me? Who, Me? Because, because when you know who you are, say it with me, know what to do. And what we're going to do in the next four weeks is we're going to look at some things that Scripture says that you are. We spent the first 10 weeks of the summer talking about some things that, that if we follow Jesus, here's some things that show up in our life, these fruit of the Spirit. That's what we talked about all summer long, these, these nine fruits of the Spirit, these characteristics that show up. But more than just what shows up in you, the Bible says you are some things. Scripture teaches we are some things, and that's what we're going to do because... Because if you know who you are, you'll know what to do. If you follow Christ, if you claim to be a Christian, these are some things that the Bible says that we are. And some of these things you're going to hear as we walk through this list, and I hope you'll be here all four weeks, some of these things you're going to hear and go, no, 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 no. That's not, wait, just a, just a minute there. That's, that's the preacher's job. That's the youth director's job. That's not me. Let me just stop you before you get into that mindset. The things we're going to talk about, which we now in Labor Day weekend, the things we're going to talk about, the Bible says, if you are a Christian, if you follow Jesus, you are these things. Because if you know who you are, stay with me, you'll know what to do. And in this series, I want to help you understand. I want to help you realize who you are in Christ so that you'll know what to do. And we begin today by discovering that Scripture says that you, me, we together, you are an ambassador for Christ. Listen to Paul's words. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, one of my favorite chapters in the entire book. This means, Paul says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. That may be one of the most important verses in the entire, in, in, in all of the, of the Bible. That you, if you belong to Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. If you're in Christ, you have turned, if you've turned from your sins, if you said yes to Jesus, if you've been obedient to Jesus in baptism, if you've met the risen Christ, Scripture says you are a new creation, and all new creations have a new purpose. Everything that's created has a purpose. So a new creation has a new purpose. So the old person, the old creation, the old self, all the filth and the junk and the sin, guilt, all of that should be gone, Paul says, because you are a new creation. All of your sins have been forgiven. You are a new creation. The problem is, some of you, you are Christians, but you don't understand that you were cre recreated for something new, that you are a new creation. It's kind of like a caterpillar. We, we, you did this in, in first grade, right? You, the caterpillar crawls around on the leaf, it spins that cocoon, and it becomes, what's a caterpillar become? A beautiful, somebody say it, butterfly, you're right. Yeah, the caterpillar becomes a beautiful butterfly. How weird would it be, how weird would it be if the, cat, if the butterfly with this beautiful wings just crawled around on the leaf like the caterpillar did? And it didn't fly. It didn't become its new creation. That's what happens to some people when they don't understand that we've become something new in Christ. Let me go on. Verse 18. And all of this, Paul says, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. 
And God has given us this task, our job, this role, this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. That's why Jesus came, to bring us back to God, to reconcile us back to God. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us, everybody say gave us, gave us, say it one more time, he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. If you are a Christian, if you are a Christ follower, you are the us in that verse. You belong to the us in that verse. He has given you, he has given us, which includes you, this wonderful message it's your message. It's your calling. It's your ministry. He's given you, given you this wonderful message of reconciliation. Now, what does reconciliation mean? It's a big churchy word that just means to restore a broken relationship. Relationship's broken. We're going to reconcile the relationship. We're going to restore the broken relationship. And in the context of word reconciliation, it means to restore to the divine or to restore God or to here's how we say it around here all the time to help people find and follow Jesus to reconcile men and women and students and children to a God who made them and a God who loves them that's our role help people be right with God is to take that which is broken that which is separated from God by our sin and to help who Christ is so they can be whole and be made right with God. God has given you. Yeah, yeah, you. He has given you the message, this wonderful message of reconciliation. Verse 20. So we are, because creation, because we have been given this ministry of reconciliation, you, we are Christ's ambassadors. Everybody say Christ's ambassadors. Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. In other words, God is trying to let the world know that he wants to be reconciled to them. And we are the billboard. We are the Facebook post. We are the messenger. We are the message of God to a broken world. He is making his appeal through us who follow him. When we speak for Christ, we plead. Come back to God. If you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Who are you? Well, Scripture says you are Christ's ambassador. Internalize this. Think, think about this. You are an ambassador. God has given you, not just the preacher, not just the staff, not just the elders. He has given you, as you follow Jesus, he has given you this wonderful message of reconciliation as though he were making his appeal through you. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. So who do you think you are? Let me tell you who you are. If you take notes, you got your phone out to take some notes, write this down. You are an ambassador sent by God from heaven to earth. If you are a Christian, that is who you are. You are an ambassador sent by God from heaven to earth. Do you, do you know what an ambassador is? Maybe we should start there. The simplest definition of ambassador is an ambassador is the highest ranking diplomat 
sent as a representative from one country to another country. The highest ranking diplomat sent from one, one country to another, another country. For example, if I became the ambassador of the United States to, let's pick somewhere wonderful, Tahiti. That sounds nice this time of year. If I were the ambassador to Tahiti, I, Tahiti would not be my home. I would sleep in Tahiti. I would work in Tahiti. I would eat in Tahiti. I would spend most of my time in Tahiti, but that would not be my home. Where would be my home? The United States would still be my home. I would be a high-ranking diplomat representing my country to the government of another country. The same is true for you. If you are a Christ follower, you need to understand this. Who are you? You are the highest-ranking diplomat sent by God from heaven to earth. Because earth is not your home. The Bible says that you are an alien here. This isn't your home. You, you are sent to represent the king from the kingdom that sent you. You represent the king of kings and the lord of lords. When you know who you are, well, then you'll know what to do. Everyone say, I am, an, I am Christ's ambassador sent by God from heaven to earth. Say it with me. I am Christ's ambassador sent by God from heaven to earth. That's who you are. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Now, some of you hear me this morning and immediately you're like, well, who, me? No, 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 I'm not me. I, I'm an ambassador? No, 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 no. Who, me? I mean, if you went and you asked my friends, hey, do you think I'm an ambassador? They're like... <laughs> <laughs> you're not an ambassador. You're a hot mess. You can't be an ambassador. I mean, you don't know the Bible, and you, don't, you still mess up, and you say stupid things, and you're not an ambassador. No, no, listen to me. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are Christ's ambassador. And as Christ's ambassador, you are not elected by people. Does that make sense? An ambassador is not an elected position. And if you're Christ's ambassador, you were not elected by your dumb friends. You instead, you were chosen, you were appointed to this position by God who made you a new creation and makes his appeal through you as Christ's ambassador. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Doesn't matter what your teacher thought, doesn't matter what your dad thought. You are Christ's ambassador. You were not elected by people. It's not a popularity contest. You were chosen. You, yeah, yeah, you. You were chosen and appointed by God. Jesus said this in John 15. You didn't choose me, I chose you and produce lasting fruit. We've talked some about, some about fruit this summer, haven't we? Jesus, I chose and I appointed you. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Jesus chose you. You have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit, to represent him, to be an ambassador. You may say, but I don't feel good enough. I'm not enough. I'm, I'm not whatever. Think back for a minute, back, back when you were in school, maybe in middle school time we don't want to go back there in mind for too long but just go back to middle school for a minute one of my favorite things that happened in middle school was every now and then i would get picked by the one of my teachers to to run an errand for the teacher and all my buddies were still stuck in class and i got to to go run this errand run down to the attendance office go do something you know clean the eraser something back when we still had chalk and erasers you know, that's a, that's another story the teacher would say, hey, I need someone to carry this down to the office. Ooh, ooh, me, 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 me. And it, she didn't pick the, 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 the student with the best grades or the student had the nicest shirt on. She would just pick somebody. All right, Larry, you can go. And she would pick me. And the she, she, I would choose you. And then the teacher, I love this part. 
Then the teacher would take this little piece of paper and she'd write my name down on it. And at the top, it would say in big, bold printed letters, Hall Pass. You with me? And so you got that hall pass and you got to take whatever it was the teacher needed to go to the office and off you went down the hall. Everybody else is still stuck in class and you're walking down the hall like this. Like, yeah, I got the hall pass. I got the hall pass. You don't got the hall pass. You look in, the other, in other classrooms, you see your buddies in there and they're like, what, what are you doing? You're like, hall pass. Whoop, whoop, hall pass. I got the hall pass. You didn't get the hall pass. I got the hall pass. And you're like, I am on a mission. I got something to do. I got something from the teacher and I don't have to be there because I'm here because I got the hall pass. And you're walking down the hall and some other teacher comes up and, what are you doing in the hall? Dude, I got the hall pass. I got the hall pass. That's what it is. Wait, wait, you're done. Hall pass, baby. It's all right. And then let you go because I've been chosen. I've been appointed by the teacher to do something special. I'm not the best. My grades weren't the highest. But in that moment, I got the paper. I got the hall pass. Good news for you, friend. If your friends say you're not enough, if your friends say you're not good enough to do that, you don't have your life together. How can you tell somebody else to get their life together? You look at yourself in the mirror and you think, mm, I'm not good enough. I know what I've done. I know where I've been. I know the junk and the sin that I carry with me. You Listen, you just pull your hall pass out. And you show it to your friend. You show it to the mirror. And you say, well, God has chosen me. God has appointed me to do this. When you internalize it, it goes from this intellectual knowledge to this true heart. Everything changes. You can see this in Paul's life. If you know Paul's story, he would have been the least likely person to be called a man of God. You know Paul's story? Let me give it to you really quickly. He was the number one persecutor of the Christian church in, in the first century when the church was starting. He was, he was the enemy number one of the church. In fact, he killed Christians. He had Christians killed because of their faith in, in God. And God said, listen, I've had enough of you opposing the church. You're going to be on my side now. And he had this, Paul had this encounter with the risen Christ and the purpose and the trajectory of his life changed because he met Jesus. It's a long story, but God told Paul after this conversion moment, this moment where he met Jesus, Paul, or God tells Paul, go to such and such city, and you're going to find a Christian there by the name of Ananias. And God is telling Paul, you need to go and talk to Ananias because Ananias is going to help you. Ananias is going to minister to you. Ananias is going to, at this point, Paul has been struck blind for a few days. He's going to take care of you, and he's going to help you understand what, who Jesus is and what the church is all about what we're doing here. And so God tells Ananias, hey, listen, this guy Paul is going to show up and you're going to minister to him. You're going to take care of him. And Ananias is like, no, I know Paul. I know his reputation. He's the guy that had Stephen killed last week. He's the guy that, that, that's been persecuting Christians. I know his story. He's dangerous. I'm not going near him. And God's like, hold on, he's different now. He's a new creation with a new purpose. He's different now. This is what God says to Ananias in Acts chapter 9. But the Lord said, go for Saul. This is Paul's name before, he, before this encounter with Jesus. For Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. He is my ambassador to the Gentiles. 
I have chosen and appointed him to represent heaven on earth to the Gentiles. He is my chosen instrument. You need to understand that you are God's chosen instrument. To be an ambassador to a certain group of people. Well, who is that group of people? Well, I don't know who it is for you. It might be the people you work with. You're around them for eight plus hours every day. It might be them. You are God's chosen instrument to represent God in, the, in your workplace. It might be your classmates. It might be the people you get on the bus with to go to the ball game. You have been chosen by God to be around those people. You're put in this position, this place for a certain reason. It might be the people who live at your house. It might be your family. You are God's chosen instrument to represent him as an ambassador to your family. It might be the people on the football team or in the band. You are God's chosen instrument to represent him. You may not be the best, but you're the one God chose. You are God's chosen instrument with the message of reconciliation as though God were making his appeal through you. doesn't matter what any person thinks. You are chosen. You were appointed by God. And when you believe that, when you believe that, it will change the way you do your life. Because when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. It's also important that you know this, that as Christ's ambassador, that you never represent yourself. You always represent God. You never represent you, ever you represent God. If I'm the ambassador to Tahiti from the United States, again, that's a good, good gig. If I'm not there to promote my own agenda, I'm not there to promote my own values, I'm not there to, to promote my own ideas, I'm there to represent the government that sent me. And you represent the government, if you will, of the kingdom of God. You represent the king of kings and the lord of lords. It's never about you. Jesus set the example for us here in John 6. He says, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. I'm here to represent him. I remember when, when my kids were little, several years, you know, they're getting a little older now, getting a little taller and things like that. But when my kids were little, they would every now and then, just every now and then, they would get into a little spat. They don't do that anymore, of course. There's no fighting in my house. I, I'm sure this, that doesn't happen at your house either. But back in the day, my kids were getting these little fights. And I remember this one time, especially um, Caroline's, our youngest daughter. She was probably know, four, maybe five at this moment. And she had come upstairs, and she and Molly had been down in the basement, and they got into it about something, you know, as kids do. And, and she comes upstairs, and she's just all crying. She's upset, and Molly's doing this to me, and Molly's doing that to me, and Molly this, and Molly won't stop. And I say... Tell Molly to stop. And she would say, five-year-old Caroline would say, she won't listen to me. And so I'd say, Caroline, go tell Molly that Daddy said to stop. And her old countenance would change. <gasps> oh, because now there's some power behind what she's got to say. And she went in the other room like this, she's strutting, kind of like the hall pass, right? She went in the other room to, Dad said... And all of a sudden, there was a little more authority to it. There's a little more power behind it because she was sent on a message, uh, sent on a mission with a message from, as an ambassador from the king of the household. Maybe not the king of the household, but play, play along with the metaphor with me, all right? I sent her to set things straight as an ambassador 
on a mission with a message. Listen, that's what you do. You don't represent yourself. You represent God who has sent you on a mission with a message as an ambassador, ambassador from the king of kings. You are an ambassador of Christ, appointed and called by God to represent heaven on earth. You are not elected by people. You are not chosen because of your popularity or how smart you are. You are chosen and appointed by God. You carry with you into every situation, into every moment of life, you carry with you the message of reconciliation as if God were making his appeal through you. And you never, never represent yourself. Why? Because you always represent God. Because just like Paul, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Why don't you bow your heads with me and if our go ahead and take this and get ready to, to service our time of communion. I'm going to let you start the prayer today and then I'm going to finish it. And I just want to talk to those of you for just a minute with your eyes closed, your head bowed. Let me just talk to those of you in the room, those of you watching on the broadcast right now who are Christians. You are a follower of Jesus. Many of you in the room, many of you on the broadcast, you are. Some of you are not yet. But for those of you who are, you already follow Jesus, let me just talk to you for just a minute. You are an ambassador you have been called by God to be an ambassador I want you to think about the people for just a minute I want you to think about the people that you know that are not yet connected to God I want you to think about them in your family at your workplace at your school in your dorm on the bus people you see at the gym People you work out with, people you bump into in the line at the grocery store, other soccer moms are sitting there for practice to get over. The guy you help coach your kids' team with, the people you see when you're getting your coffee, your friends on Facebook. I want you to think about that. And let me tell you who you are. You are Christ's ambassador to them. Paul was called to the Gentiles. You were called to them. You are God's chosen instrument. That's who you are. I want you to just take just a minute, and I want you to pray for them. You start the prayer, and then I'll finish it. Let's pray for the people you know that you were called to be an ambassador to. Pray for them. Pray for them by name right now. Go ahead. God, thank you for this calling, for this mission, for this message that we have of reconciliation. Father, we, we allow you to make your appeal to a broken world through us. We allow you to be your hands and your feet and your, your, your mouthpiece, your, your heart of compassion to our our world, where, where, where we've been called, to our workplaces, to our schools, to our, our friend groups, to the people we spend time with, the people who live in our houses. We gladly accept this role 
this truth that we are who you say we are and we are ambassadors sent by the king with a message and on a mission so we take your message your message of reconciliation and we share it through the words we speak through the, the decisions we make through the way we conduct our business and our lives to the way we handle our relationships to the way we communicate with the world around us we represent you we represent you because you have called us and given us this ministry this message of reconciliation Father as we come now to a time of communion as we prepare our hearts and our minds to share the body and the blood of Christ in this communion time we are reminded that it is because of the cross it is because of the sacrifice of Jesus because of this broken body because of this shed blood that we can be reconciled to you that we can be what, what we have broken the relationship with you that has been broken because of our sin and our shame and our guilt can be removed, it can be taken away, and we can be reconciled to you. The God who made us, the God who loves us, and the God who wants to love us and live with us forever. So Father, we offer to you our hearts and our minds and our strength and our appreciation and our love as we celebrate your love and your wonderful message of reconciliation as we eat and we drink this communion today. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.